In today's episode, where we are featuring 30 inspiring female entrepreneurs from Female Fusion, I'm sitting down with Claire Knapper. Now, you might not have heard Claire's name, but if you live in the UAE, or if you have ever been to the UAE to visit, you most likely have seen some of Claire's work. Claire is the creator of High Life, and she creates these really cool posters that highlight some of the exciting, unique bits of the UAE. So I look forward to talking about Claire's journey, what it's been like to build a business in the UAE over the past decade. Welcome to the Women on the Rise podcast. I'm Jen Blandos, and I am so excited to share with you that for the next 30 days, I am introducing you to 30 of Female Fusion's members from around the world. They are going to share with you their stories of entrepreneurship, their highs, the lows, what inspired them to get into business, which I hope will inspire you along your entrepreneurial journey. Welcome to another episode of Women on the Rise. And today we are joined by Claire Knapper, who is the founder of The High Life. And not only has Claire built a beautiful business in the UAE for over a decade, she's also one member of Female Fusion. And we are so excited to have her here today. Welcome, Claire. Thanks, Jen. Really delighted to have you here. I remember when you joined Female Fusion, I was like, oh, so cool. I love Claire's work because I've lived in the UAE for 15 years, pretty much. And I remember when when I arrived here, how iconic your work was. Maybe for people who don't know about you and your business, you could tell them a little bit about you, your journey and what the high life is. Sure. So uh, I arrived on these shores in 2007 uh, to work in an advertising agency, Saatchi and Saatchi. Um, I stayed there for seven years um, as a graphic designer. That was what I um, traded in and became head of design. Uh, it was agency life, so I got kind of, it was all-encompassing, quite tiring. Um, I got burnt out in the end, so I left in 2013. But during my time at Saatchi, uh, we had, which was probably the best project we worked on, was the launch of the Metro here in 2009. Um, so we had a sort of large team, and um, I was responsible for all the graphic design side of that, doing all the little brochures and things. Um, and kind of coming up, helping to come up with ideas for the advertising. So when we were launching that, I started um, researching how other countries had launched their um, underground systems and subways. And that's when I came across the London Underground posters, um, mostly sort of from uh, Edward McKnight, Calfer, um, lots of these old kind of 1920s, 1910s posters. Um, and I completely fell in love with them. I love the simplicity of them. Um, so... Um, over time, I thought this would be a really good way to for the metro in Dubai to kind of share the different stops on the metro. So we um, kind of presented it to RTA as an um, idea. I think it was three years in a row. I was so I loved the idea so much. Um, they always said, no, we want new stuff. So that was sort of always rejected. Um, and then when I left in 2013, I thought, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take these posters and I'm going to do something with them for areas around Dubai um, for expats, but perhaps with more kind of social commentary um, in mind to kind of examine the expat experience over here. Um, and so in uh, 2014, after designing my first collection of posters, 
um, kind of around my freelancing at the time, so in the evenings I was working on these posters, and I managed to get together 18 of them, and then I had my first exhibition, um, and I sort of told all the press, and I had this exhibition in a busy restaurant, um, and uh, they just kind of took off, everybody kind of connected with them, and within two weeks I could tell this was going to be something that I could uh, do as my main kind of occupation. So that was, um, yeah, that was nine years ago now, and I've still been doing it, so yeah. It was, wow, that's like every artist's dream, isn't it? That, you know, oftentimes you're starting doing work on the evenings and on the weekends, and then you reach a critical point where you're like, I don't need this job anymore. <laughs> it's so funny because I hadn't actually, I had no uh, sort of big dreams for this to be a business like it has been. I just thought I would do it for fun, really. So I didn't, I'd actually tried another business while I was at Saatchi. I tried to, I was very ambitious and very naive. I tried to build a Spotify before Spotify had kind of come <laughs> here, um, which took about two years and it was a just a, a, well, a well over ambitious kind of project. Um, so I was a bit depressed about that. So this was kind of um, some light relief for me and just a bit of fun. I had no idea that it would kind of, you know, turn into this sort of small business that it has. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah. It, it has been, I, I guess, for, for anybody who's listening um, and maybe who hasn't been an expat, that it does become, when you're an expat in a country that's not your own, that the people who aren't from there, there's almost a separate culture isn't there and everybody kind of knows each other. And so it's quite cool that you have these posters that, connect people to to that experience yeah I thought so I mean at the time I mean bear in mind this was sort of a decade ago and the city's you know so much bigger now mm. um but back then I mean when I first arrived you know as a sort of a Brit coming um you know there was only a f handful of places that we could really even go out and let our hair down like you know there was like Barasti and there was Chi at the Lodge these that but I mean it's a completely different place to what it is now but um these kind of basic themes, um, things like having, so one of my posts is called Home Delivery, um, and it, it's got a picture of a girl that's hung over, and there's a delivery guy delivering like one chocolate bar, which was a very kind of Dubai thing to yes. sort of call up the shop downstairs and they'll come and deliver you one thing. I just thought, I mean, that's just crazy, and it's just, let's look at that. Um, but now, I mean, I have to say that I go back to London and even that's happening in London now. So it's, it's not, so these sort of... Dubai Dubai's was ahead of its it, time. Well, yeah, maybe, yeah. Um, but these, I guess these, these themes are still kind of relevant, even with the city that's as big as it is. Um, these little places around town are still kind of well-loved by expats. And you have new things that pop-up is yeah well. it's a never-ending list so now I now um it's kind of evolved into uh, a business where I kind of am more reactive to what customers want so I'll get requests and I will then do them so there's lots of new um areas I've just had requests for Damak Hills which I'm going to be working on and um Nadal Sheba I'm doing I'm just um like more the last few places I mean I keep saying this I'm going to do the last few but then there's always more. Never um, ending yeah, supply of real estate. I've now really. done kind of, I mean, it's over 60 posters, which is a lot. Wow. I mean, I just, I don't want, I actually don't want to continue to, you know, I don't want to do too many more. I really do feel like this is the last five. I want to do 65 and then that is it. That's my legacy. I've, it'll be enough. Um, and then I can, I want to do new work that I do. Interesting. Yeah. I want to, I want to ask you about something because I, whether you're an artist or something else, that when you're getting requests from people to do 
a new poster. What makes you decide you're actually going to invest that time in, in doing that? Do you yeah. go through any process? Yeah, I think for five seconds, will this sell the other people in the area? <laughs> and then that, and I'm like, okay, yeah, there's lots of people in Damak Hills, yeah. And also there's, if I've had a, if I've, if um, quite often there'll be, maybe one person will ask and I think, oh no, I don't know about that area, but then someone else will ask about the same area. I said, okay, if there's two or three people already asking, there's got to be a, yeah. a demand for it, or there's enough people that... Um, and also, the more I go to these newer areas, I realise, you know, these are specific... They all have... Uh, what I, what's nice about Dubai and the way it's evolving is that, you know, all these neighbourhoods, they are all so different, and they all have yeah. such a definable character, um, which is quite inspiring, I guess, for making yeah. a poster. Having a business in the, the UAE, you're using a lot of humour. How have you been able to strike a balance between humour and poking fun at things in a lighthearted way, but also having that cultural sensitivity as well within the art? Yeah, that's been a, something that's was weighing quite heavily on me at the time, because back then, 2014, it was, um, it was a different country really um i mean the uae since then has come on leaps and bounds with its tolerance and its understanding of western culture um so when i started i i, I was kind of i was fearful because these students had been arrested for doing this music video of satwa gangs and that was taken completely the wrong way and they were put in prison and i was just always very scared about doing something which would um expose me so I tread, trod the line very carefully and I actually, I feel like I um, released a first collection that was quite tame. But I mean, actually, back then it was, it was kind of hailed, you know, in some of the press by being quite, um, you know, satirical and cheeky for Dubai. So that, I mean, um, I was quite surprised at that. But um, yeah, I, I thought I was being careful, but it's always the things, you know, I you, you try, but sometimes things will slip through the net. Um, it's, you know, it's two cultures kind of that are, are, that are quite different from each other. So I made a few mistakes, like uh, one of my images was a couple in front of the Burj Al Arab. And he kind of, they were posed together in a photo and he had his arm around her. And I just didn't think about it. And actually lawyers had also looked over these things before they were released in this particular retailer. They'd missed it as well, but... Um, uh, the Department of Commerce came around and spotted it and the whole line was kind of pulled so I had to then change the poster and put his arm behind his back so there was no physical contact right. on the beach. So things like that. Um, the little details and things. But I think that, that was then. I think now it's a different country. I, I don't think this would be no. a problem. Do you know, I was thinking I, if you kept them, you would probably be able to sell them now. <laughs> well, I always have them. Yeah, that's the great yeah. thing about what I do because it's all digital. So there's yeah. always the you digital always... copies. Yeah, I could the, the naughty one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow, that's a good idea. Yeah. That's so interesting. What about um, being in the art business is not easy. And I hear this from all of our members who are artists, that it can be quite quite a struggle to run their business. What sort of challenges do you face as a, as a business owner? Um, the main ones for me, uh, I mean, when I got into this, I had no business experience. I was just a graphic designer who had done freelancing, so I was able to kind of manage myself and my time. I had absolutely no experience in launching products, taking them to market, um, selling them, scaling up that kind of um, load of products. So um, I made a, a lot of mistakes. Um, but I think for me, I've kind of quite enjoyed the, the learning process. Um, the, 
the main challenge, I think, for what I do. So part of my business, so I design all these posters, but then I launched into retail. So I put these posters on notebooks, calendars, kind of fridge magnets, you name it. Um, and when I started doing that, um, I made a lot of mistakes with for stock and stock management. Um, I remember when I was younger, I used to watch The Apprentice. Um, yeah. It's like the UK equivalent of Shark Tank. Alan Sugar always used to set these tasks for the people. Um, and they would always screw up the stock tasks. You know, it's just about keeping on top of inventory, working out how many you need to reorder and reordering the correct amount. Then they would always screw it up. And Alan Sugar would always say, this is the hardest thing to get. And I was like, this looks easy. But sure enough, it really is the hardest thing to kind of get to grips with. Um, so... Um, how did you learn how to do that? Well, just by loads of mistakes. I mean, actually, when I started, I was just blindly naive, um, trying to um, trying to operate. And it all happened quite quickly. So in the first sort of two years of doing retail, um, at one point, I was suddenly dealing with thousands of products across like 30-plus stores, you know, a few... Read to chain retailers and like smaller boutiques with just me and a paper system, <laughs> and I mean that was chaos. Yeah. Um, so I overcame that by coming to my senses after a few bung bodged reorders or not knowing when I needed to reorder. That was a big thing, you know. If you you, you just don't know when you're running out of stock, so obviously first thing was to invest in a kind of customized digital inventory system, um, which helped a lot. Um, and then what else? Oh, I guess um, keeping hold of your stock, protecting your stock. So when it's in storage, I mean, I was keeping it in my garage. I had this lovely big villa um, and half of the garage I was just using as a store. But of course, you know, if I was getting some stock out or if there was a, a gap in one of the boxes and there was a a sort of sand dusty day that's, you would ruin that, all your stuff. yeah so that that was just some lessons as well you know keep the stuff properly maintained um and then just um uh working with the stock with deliveries and getting your contracts in place so that when you're um so i was doing a lot of consignment which when you're starting out most retailers would be like you can only bring consignment which is fine um but get your contract get a good contract um get them to sign a contract saying that they have to at least look after your product. So there was one time when um, they've gone bust now, but it was like a big kind of eco-friendly kind of store on the Shakeside Road and they had water damage and they just lost, they just ruined all my products. Um, but then they said, oh no, you know, it's consignment, whatever. There's nothing protecting me. So then, you no. know. And I, they, their insurance didn't cover that? No, well, because I was consignment, so it just wasn't, oh. no. So that was annoying. But it, it's things like this, right, that you don't, no, exactly. until, until you know. Yeah, and that's why it's so valuable to, for you to be able to share things like this because I'm sure so many entrepreneurs that are yeah. listening, if they're dealing with stock, if it's consignment, they wouldn't naturally yeah. think about that. Yeah, I would say contracts very important. Make sure they you can sign their contract, but you make sure they sign your contract so they have yeah. to look after your stock. Um, and then secondly, deliveries. So, I mean, this is also when I started off being paper just a paper mess um I was delivering stock to these places but I was just getting a squiggle 
as a sign-off by the delivery guy, you know, in their kind of warehouse, that's not good enough because quite often, you know, stocks will go missing. And you're like, where's my stock? Here's a, here's a, here's my here's the guy that signed it. We don't we can't read that. That's not one of you know. That's that could be anything. So even just getting a proper name written, you know, t in capitals and then a good signature, and get them to spend you know, just ten seconds it. doing a proper yeah. sign-in, um, was that? I mean that. That happened two or three times, lo losing stocks. So now those those um, delivery notes are very important. Now you've got a system in place. Yeah, for all of it. these are little things that they can't like. I'm quite, well, they're saying that now. Um, I don't do so much retail as now. I do now. I just work with Spinneys um, as a big retailer over the Christmas period um, and sort of cards throughout the year. But um, I have cut back on um like I, w I was looking for a new retailer but there isn't really one to have all through the year that's like okay. a big chain gallery one was the one that um was good for art but they kind of i don't want to work with them anymore i had okay. a few issues with them um and for those who are listening as well if they don't know spinney's is a big supermarket in yeah. the uae like sainsbury's or weight rose or yeah. something like that as well yeah um as a business owner as well, you work from home. How do you find that for almost past decade, your business has been out of your, your home? How, how has that gone? Yeah, this is what I would, this is what I was looking forward to talking about, actually. Um, uh, I read a book over COVID, um, which was by a guy called Mason Curry, and it talked about um, artists, the daily rituals of artists and philosophers and writers and people that basically are at home, self-employed and creative minds. And how do you get the how do you get the best out of yourself? And this book was really interesting. It had kind of all these famous people and what their daily rituals were. And I do think that's really important um, when you're when you're trying to come up with you know creative ideas, or even if you're an entrepreneur. Um, routine is the kind of bedrock uh, for a, a space for you to be able to do that. You have to kind of make everything um, structured and planned to enable the kind of creative um, chaos to kind of ensue. So um, I find I've, I've learned a lot over the time of how to manage myself. Um, which I've, I think is really, really interesting because um, I can take that um, into whatever I do um, moving forward. But I do think there are a lot of things you've got to get right about your routine to get the best out of yourself. And so many things, just the smallest thing, if that's wrong, it will affect the whole day. The whole day. So what does a, um, a typical day for Claire look like? Yeah, so I, uh, I just got back after five weeks from the UK um, and... I am wanting to change my daily routine. Um, before I went, I had kind of slipped into, and I had been doing this for a good couple of years, going to bed late and getting up late, which in itself isn't necessarily a bad thing. So I'm still doing the same amount of hours as everybody else. I'm just doing it later. And I've always thought of myself as an owl and I like to do creative work in the evenings, fine. But... I am thinking I want to try and bring it. I want to try getting up early, really early, like lots of people I know do, and seeing if that works better. And seeing because I was having problems with my sleep, and that was then starting to affect my mood, my creative energies, and my output. 
So because of the sleep issues, I'm trying now to work on that to tweak my routine. It's it's interesting that you say that the whole idea around sleep. Um, one of our members, Julie, is a sleep consultant. And initially she started being a sleep consultant for parents with their babies. And I saw her a couple of months ago and she said to me, she's like, actually, more and more of my clients now are adults and kind of in their 30s or 40s or 50s and not sleeping properly and need to have that that understanding of what makes good sleep and she was explaining to me that we get our best sleep if we are in bed completely disconnected by about 10 10 30 11 o'clock latest and need to have that sleep she was saying after that time it's it's too late because that is when all of the key repair in our body happens and when the fighting against cancer cells and all of these things happen as well. And I thought that's really interesting that if you end up staying up late, that you're just not getting the same quality of sleep, which impacts how you run your business. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I find that really interesting. Um, I mean, I don't know how our bodies would know what time it is in the day. but I know. But, but despite that, I think... Um, uh, I think there's definitely, for me, I wanted to to have a dead, a cutoff time because I was always just working late. And when I finished the job, then I would go to sleep. And that was just really not giving me any kind of structure. So um, now I am stopping at nine, regardless if I've still got stuff to do, don't care, stopping at nine. Um, and then not doing any screens after that. So I'm just really trying to clean up my sleep hygiene um and just and it's and I'm ready I mean I've only been back like just a week but I've it's already working I'm already getting more because I have these sleep apps I mean some people think think they're really uh, bad because when you record your sleep and your nighttime kind of rhythms and yeah. wakings up it kind of can ruin your day the next day you're like oh no I've only slept six hours or five hours it's not a good day today um but already on that app the sleep is better. So I really? think that um, this is going to work for me. I'm quite excited, yeah. Well, I guess as well, I think most of us as entrepreneurs are quite competitive, <laughs> right? It's like, oh, I only got this yesterday. Okay, I need to do better yeah. the next day. That probably as well, there's a bit of the competition in it that you want to be the best sleeper ever. Yeah, more sleeping pills. More sleeping pills. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Have the best sleep, have the best business, yeah. all of these sorts of things. Um, that's so I would love to hear how that works a couple of months in and yeah it, I'll let you know I mean yeah. there's, there's I mean what sleep is like one part of the kind of you know your the healthy habits that I think are really important in in your day-to-day -day and running a business from home I think um getting that balance between like sleep um, nutrition exercise and socializing yeah. Um, just getting that balance right is really important. And I mean, I want to add meditation into that. I'm, I'm always, it's on my list of things to do, meditate every single day. Um, and I've also this week been meditating at lunchtime, 10 minutes. And I can already see the benefits of how it calms my mind yeah. at lunchtime. And I have, a, I have a more focused afternoon. And I, when you have a creative brain, especially like if you need to make those decisions that involve creativity, it's so important to have that that time to slow your brain down as well. Yeah, so I think that is going to be invaluable. So these are two new things that I'm trying. Um, this is why I'm kind of really excited to talk about routine because I feel like everybody can improve their daily routine um, to kind of help their business. Um, there's other, so they're the kind of healthy habits. Um, then, of course, you've got um, 
you know, managing your time. Um, I think that uh, what I've got, and this is from Female Fusion, this is why I was inspired by um, you, was uh, the, the online tools. Yeah. Beforehand, I was using one called To Do. It was like a very simple list. Um, but um, I was listening to your podcast um, the other day, and you'd suggested, like, the toggy to record the timings of how long you're working on things. Um, I then got inspired to then use a bit more of a kind of substantial online tool. So I'm now, I tried a few of them. I tried Monday, ClickUp. They were just too slow and clunky and complicated. So I've now, I tried a few of them and now I've got, I've settled on Trello. Yeah, Trello and which Asana is, are both yeah, really good. Yeah, Asana, and they're and free as well. They're free. And I yeah. just thought this is going to be better. It's a bit of a ramp up from to-do list. Um, this, so I, it all helps. So once you start to kind of visualize and officially kind of structure your week, your month, your day, it kind of it just gives it all a bit more purpose and meaning when you kind of got it on these kind of online master plans. But I find you accomplish more. You do as well, right? Yeah. And this is, I I found I can tell that when I'm super organized and I'm in the routine and I've done all of the planning. I can power through stuff. Mm-hmm. If I get a little bit lazy or kind of go, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm going to not do this, take it easy, I see the productivity yeah. drops and the output drops. And so it's something that I have to keep reminding myself because I'm I'm quite disorganized by nature and people find that really strange to, to learn yeah, that about I me because I am, that. right? And, but instinctively... I'm very creative in myself and I don't like the order and the organization, but I force myself to do it Mm. because I know that it's better for my business. So sometimes it gets me into trouble in my personal life because I find I'm so organized in business. And I I had this happen when I was recently in Greece that I'm famous for going on holiday, booking my plane tickets and just rocking up. Oh, really? And, (laughs) (laughs) And it drives my husband crazy. He's like, can't you have a plan? I'm like, I'm too busy to have a plan. So work is super planned out, personal life. And I, I turned up in uh, in Greece to start my summer holidays and I didn't book a ferry to go to one of the islands. <laughs> and the lady looked at me, she's like, there's no more seats on the ferry, only business class. And there's one more ferry or you have to spend the night here. <laughs> so, you know, little things like that, that when you're organized, it makes it so yeah. much easier to run your business. I mean, you clearly need to cut loose when in your private time because you're so organized. I mean, you're running right. like some, you know, female fusion is a huge undertaking. So yeah. I can understand why you're just like, oh, you know, the, the rest of life's easy. But I'll just I mean, make it yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so funny. Um, yeah. Um, I just think that, I mean, I was laughing because when I was, when I was sort of going through this kind of things I wanted to talk about, I was thinking back to how, I ran the business before and actually these online tools they've only really been around for like you know three four years so when I started High Life I was really doing a sort of a paper business and and it was just lists and I just look at my thing I was just writing I was listing notebooks I was listing (laughs) post-it notes there was like I had a cork board of just lists I had things stuck on the wall I couldn't find anything if you ever needed to find anything I had you know to even get something a reminder I'd have to set an alarm on my phone or something as kind of basic as that yeah. and it was it was actually complete chaos really looking back I don't know how I even managed to and that was actually probably the busiest time of the business when I kind of started it um I just don't know how I coped so but I I 
also say that as well to to women who are starting out in business to get your systems in place right away. Yeah. Because if you can have a system in place right away, it's just it's going to grow with you. You yeah. might need to upgrade the system, but at least you get into that habit of having the system when you're running your business. Yeah. Um, I would love to hear from you as well about creating an art business. We, I, I meet a number of women who have created an art business or want to and feel a little bit frustrated that maybe it's not going as well as what it should. What top tips would you have for people who are looking at getting into that or maybe have a business and not happy with how it's going? I mean, I have to say, because I've done a few businesses and I've also released products within the umbrella of what I do. If, I mean, this is just my experience, but if a product is going to sell, you will sell it kind of immediately. It will sell and you know it's going to be okay. If it doesn't sell and it's not selling in a month or something, I feel like it. the story is kind of that you're going to have problems with it. You're going to have to work really hard at the sales. So my advice would be do a different product. And would you, because in a, in a tip, typical business, whether it's a product or a services business, that oftentimes you would test that idea. You would do That's a bit true. of a survey. You would talk to to people who would be your potential customers or clients. Do you do that? Is it is it slightly different in the art world or would you still do a bit um, of that research? I guess with what I do, because my products are pieces of art, you know, a poster, I mean, it, the max it will take 10 days to, or two weeks, which is a lot of time, I guess, but, you know, it could be working in the evenings and things. But that, to me, I, I never worry about, you know, creating a poster and it not selling. It has happened. There was a, out, out of the, like the 60 I've done, probably five or six don't really sell. I don't really make many sales of them. So I kind of count, count them as failures, but I don't regret, you know, making them because um, I enjoy the process. So for me, it's not too much of a commitment to make something that fails. And that's, and I'm not afraid of, you know, something. I, it just, I just will just do something else if it doesn't sell. But we have to be okay with, things not yeah. working out oh yeah right? I mean I'm a master at failing now <laughs> I've tried I mean after that whole first trying to build Spotify that was a colossal embarrassing fail also you know I was so excited about it I think I was telling everyone I was in my 20s I was like oh yeah I'm gonna build this amazing thing and you know so much money involved blah 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 um and I got thoroughly depressed. That was embarrassing. But if I can get through that, everything else, you but know. But it's not. Like, imagine, like, you learned so much from that, right? I did. I also, I mean, I, I, it, that was such a sort of ambitious project. And so much work and testing had gone into it that anything I do now is just a yeah. walk in the park compared to that. Um, I mean, someone said once, failure is not a person, it's an event, Mm -hmm. which you should always bear in mind. Like, it doesn't define you. I mean, I, I bought, me and a friend, we... Um, we decided to do like a side hustle of importing some Georgian rugs um, a few years ago. And we set up a little website called Killamist. And it was a great, we thought it was a fantastic idea. These rugs are incredible um, antique vintage rugs handwoven wow. by these um, women in Georgia. They're just amazing. But they're all the most craziest of the designs. So we were, we've been over to Georgia a couple of times. Oh my God, these rugs are amazing. We went and we 
we sourced and found the most crazy ones, the ones that just people weren't buying because we got them cheaper. And we imported them all because we thought they looked so cool. But of course, you know, that was a bit naive because they are too crazy. So lots of people don't want a crazy rug in there. They want like a nice... You know, so, subtle rug, you so know. So is your place filled with crazy rugs? I've got half of them left, yeah. I've got a pile of rug that my cat sleeps on. <laughs> but I think, you know, they will sell, but this is not the right market. Like, yeah. that, I know they'll sell back in London. We we, we were selling we were sending them out to, like, San Francisco, Ireland, places like that, that will have older houses with darker floorboards and more yeah. eclectic kind of style houses. So when I do eventually leave here, they'll, they'll go. Or there might be a new bar that will come and we can maybe sell them. But we're not in a hurry. They've already lasted, you know, 80 to 100 years. So they're going to last cool. a few more years. So it's fine. I, and that's it, you know, just not to be yeah, afraid. No I mean, just go for it, right? Yeah. I say um, another thing that I would say is 80, 20. So instead of like, don't be a perfectionist. I mean, I was guilty of this. Um, don't, oh, but yeah. just don't, don't try and, you know, wait for the perfect idea or spend too long getting this thing absolutely perfect. 80% will be enough you can refine it you can improve it as you go but just get it out there get it launched you know um i so for instance i think about when i worked in agency uh like advertising or any branding agency when you go to work at nine o'clock right start doing the creative work now you know nine o'clock ten o'clock yeah. we don't we don't sort of sit around going oh well, what if this is going to be not you know we don't let the pressure of the perfection stand in the way of making creative work you have a deadline you have to do it so treat it the same but when it's your business it becomes exactly. a bit personal right exactly. and then people are worried that that judgment will be exactly. on them and you feel the weight and Every entrepreneur feels that. And it took me quite a few years actually to get past that, that I would spend hours and hours doing something. And then I realized, it's like, why? Just, yeah. you know, get it out there. Yeah. You know, as you said, the 80-20 rule that most often maybe you need to make a few adjustments, but yeah. it's better to get it out there than to lose the project exactly. or lose the opportunity because you're so focused on yeah. being perfect. Um. You've been a member of, you're a newer member of Female Fusion. How have you found the experience? Yeah, I mean, I've I've also known of Female Fusion for all these years. And I've always sort of thought about joining. But um, it was only kind of recently when, well, it was, I guess it was over after COVID. I just felt like I was um, on my own too much with my business. I just felt like I could do with some support. And I thought, this is, I'm going to join just to see um, and I know I've only been a member for four months, but um, already I just feel less alone. I feel like, you know, just getting those WhatsApp messages <laughs> saying we've got this online talk. We've got, you know, your, your business minds where you can actually talk to you if yeah. I wanted to, like every, so I can ask questions. I mean, I've been away, so I haven't utilised it as much as possible, but I, I know it's there. And just that is, is like you know, a huge comfort. And I know that I will be utilising it. Like, now I'm back and I've got more of a plan. Um, so that, for me, it's a kind of, it's like a comfort and a support that I feel like, just mentally, if anything else. Like, I'm just not kind of making all these decisions on my own. I can reach out, which is a huge help. I love hearing that because that's actually one of the the goals that I've always had with Female Fusion is, and it's quite hard because you have women who are just starting out have never had a business before, all the way up to women who have seven and eight figure businesses. So they typically say, go niche and focus on one audience. And I'm like, no, but I want to like be there for all female entrepreneurs. And 
the, one of the things that I've always said is I want it to be a resource that when you need it, it's there and it has the answer to every single thing that you need, whether you're looking for support, you need information, you're looking for collaboration, it's there. Um, so I'm really happy to hear that that's kind of ticked yeah, definitely. one of I the just, boxes. I, my friend was struggling. I spoke to her yesterday and she's like, oh, you know, I've got to sort this out. And she's, she's carrying the weight of her business yeah. and she's doing it all alone on her shoulders. And I said, look, you need to join Female Fusion because you will just not be alone. And you can, all these questions and decisions that are weighing so heavily on you, you can just share them and you can get feedback and it, that's just invaluable. So, yeah. And everybody's so nice yeah, as well. Yeah, that's so nice. That's yeah. what I like is that I... I I really want to build this community of just nice women who are not competing with each other, really supportive and want to see everybody succeed. So I'm so happy that you're part of that community. Oh, that thank we you. We've done an amazing job, Jen. I mean, it's just, it's like, I mean, what a, what a force you've created. Oh, it's so good for everybody. Here. Thank you. So what's coming up? You're hitting 10 years of yeah. highlight. Well, it'll what's be nine years up? in, nine years in November. Okay. Um, uh, so at the moment, I'm kind of working on uh, my main thing is working with a Swedish company um, who uh, have a design engine. So I'm this is a thought because I'm coming to the end of my high life posters. I want to um, try and ramp up the sales because I, I get a lot of uh, customers asking, can you customize them? So I'm working with a Swedish company who... Um, have a design engine so when you go onto my website you'll be able to click on something which says design your own poster and ah. you're going to go on to this and it'll have like um, elements from the posters some new elements a few different templates to start with and you can design your own kind of high life poster I love that so yeah. it could be like if somebody's leaving the country yeah. and you want to give them a poster it could be customised with yeah. like the family and exactly. the pets and I mean there'll be because it's obviously pre-made graphics it'll have yes. to be you know, it'll be kind of a, a brown-haired person or a brown-skinned person. It won't be very specific of what... It won't look right. like them. You just have to be okay. like whatever, whoever is in as the figures. But more so kind of um, years you can type. So you can write little messages. You can write... Or you can have like Dubai and you can write the exact years that your friends were there, which I think would be quite good yeah. for people. Um, then there's like little areas of town, you know, places around town, their favourite areas. I think it's just going to be... It's going to hopefully inject some life and I'm going to be the only person in Dubai doing this where you can create your own kind of art and then have it delivered that's great um, so when this should be something so I'm going to be to, um when I think when the kids have gone back to school so sort of end of September time when everyone's back and settled yeah then I'm going to launch this thing so that hopefully that will be that will be kind of a new exciting thing for the business anyway and perfect for the holiday season yeah, as well that's right? what I'm hoping so that's that's been working with them they're really nice guys um and then uh just a few other little things, so a few more um, of the last High Life posters that I'm getting ready for my um, Christmas range, so doing the new 2024 calendars, which I do every year, which are great fun. Um, and uh, so that's that will be take me up to Christmas. Oh, and designing some bags. I've just, in fact, I think it's launching anytime soon. I've designed a bag for Spinnies, like one of their canvas uh, Oh, life. one of the carrier bags. Yeah, so that's, cool. that's a lot of fun. So that, that should be launching I think this week and then I'm working with the company to try and bring um canvas alternatives to the duty-free Dubai duty-free so we've been coming up with some designs they're sort of the cheaper bags you buy at the yeah at the airport because they only have plastic at the moment so we're, trying to, cool. we're trying to give them a kind of 
eco-friendly. So people who are listening to this, how can they find out more information about you? Um, probably the best way is on my website. So um, highlife-dubai.com. That's where everything is. Um, there's also High Life posters on social media, Facebook and Instagram. Um, but yeah, the website's got most of it, really. Fantastic. Well, we'll also leave the information in the show notes okay. as well. Claire, thank you so much for joining me today. It was such a fun conversation. And I'm looking forward to seeing this new system where we can all design our posters. And I look forward to seeing your business grow. Awesome. Thanks, Jen. It's been a real pleasure. Thank Welcome. You. Thanks for listening to the Women on the Rise podcast and our 30 most inspiring female entrepreneurs. If you are inspired by today's episode, why not come and join us in Female Fusion? We would absolutely love to have you. This is where you will be able to connect with the most incredible female entrepreneurs who are all committed to building a most profitable business. All you need to do is head over to femalefusionnetwork.com forward slash join. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Thank you.